0: You're listening to the Beauty Business Podcast, now with over 200,000 downloads worldwide. This is the podcast for you if you're an independent beauty salon, skin clinic, spa owner, or manager. I want to help you reach your business goals through simple, practical, and focused, business information and advice. We deal with the foundations of starting and also growing not only an incredibly profitable, rewarding, and stable beauty or wellness business, but also a stress-free one too. In short, I'm here to help you make more money, have more time, and get back to simply what it is you enjoy doing and why you set out on this journey rather than worrying about all that businessy stuff and not getting the results you want. And who am I? Well, my name is Adam Chatterley, and I'm your host here on the show. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to another hopefully amazing, interesting, valuable episode of the Beauty Business Podcast. How are things with you? How's business been going this week? Has it been good? A little bit quiet? More clients cancelling last minute than usual because the weather's improving? That's certainly been the case here in the UK over the past week. I'm recording this episode in early May 2019, and we're having some unseasonably good weather, which just makes you want to, you know, be outside enjoying an ice cream in the park, especially since we don't get all that many hot days even in the summer here in the UK. But I can only imagine that that's having a negative effect on your cancellation rates, which can be frustrating. Anyhow, however things are going in your business this week, I hope things are generally moving in the direction that you want them to be going. and that handily and subtly brings me around to the idea and the topic for today's episode. You see, whatever stage or level of business you're at, there's always at least two types of work to get done. There's the day-to-day work and the longer-term strategy type work, the growth work, the where do you want to be in a year, in two years, five years, and how are you going to get there work. Now, the day-to-day work is kind of unavoidable. This is likely the clients that are showing up for treatments and services. Maybe it's the lack of clients, in which case you need to chase them up and quickly fill appointment books. Maybe it's a report for your boss, for your owners, for your investors that they've just asked you for urgently. Maybe it's ordering stock or supplies because you're running low. You know what I mean? I'm talking about all the things that suddenly demand your time because they need dealing with right now. Otherwise, there will be some pretty immediate consequences. The other type of work, however, the growth tasks, the longer-term tasks, the planning, those are the trickier ones. Now, these are the less immediate tasks where the consequences might very well be bigger than the day-to-day tasks, but because they're you know, off in the future somewhere, they're a little bit easier to put off or to ignore. So what kind of things am I talking about here? Well, it's things like the planning, planning the next few months of social media posts, the next year's promotions, marketing activities, planning that event that you wanted to hold in October, but you know, that's months away yet. Implementing that price increase you've been meaning to put in place for the last year, going through the stock cupboard to see what products have gone out of date, which you need to be selling fast before they do go out of date, working out which ones aren't selling at all and what you need to order for the changing season. Maybe it's holding appraisals for your team, organizing a team building event, implementing daily meetings to increase retail sales and client retention. You know, the list goes on and on but the problem here is that the day-to-day tasks are likely the ones that while certainly necessary these are the ones that are actually keeping you where you are or possibly even holding you back but the irony is we should prioritize the longer term tasks far more than the day-to-day ones but you know they aren't quite so in your face urgent now believe me I know you're busy. I'm not for one second accusing you of not putting the work in. I don't think anyone who runs their own business or starts their own business can ever be accused of that. But you know, what's going on here? If we know on some level that the longer term work is probably more important than the day-to-day stuff, how come we don't seem to get around to it? Well, I've got one word for you folks, procrastination. Now, before we delve into that particular patch of nettles, there is a flip side to this. It's more unfamiliar to me as it's not my default position at all, but the opposite of the traditional procrastinator type of personality is in fact the action taker, hence the name of this episode, which sounds like a much cooler, much more active and better place to be, right? Well, let's just quickly take a look at these two personalities to see, you know, which one sounds most familiar, which one fits you best. So first up, what I think is probably the most popular one, the procrastinator. Now, I looked this up and I found that the descriptions of procrastinators are being a little unsystematic. They react to things more than they plan. Now, I actually disagree with this. I think procrastinators can be amazing planners. In fact, I think that they can put off work by telling themselves that they need to plan it out first and then replan it and then revise those plans and then come back to those plans after some thinking time. You know, does that sound familiar to anyone? It really does to me. Now, I think that the problem is that typical procrastinators are then not actually that great at the discipline needed to stick to those plans and not go back and replan 17 times and actually to then carry out those plans as they plan them in the first place. Now, equally, a procrastinator may plan the big stuff, but then not break that big stuff down into smaller tasks. So the great big goal always seems you know, so far off in the future that it never actually gets worked on. Now, the procrastinator is unable to finish those larger tasks. They get fired up to start with, but then they get distracted. They decide something else needs their attention more and they move on to some other, usually day-to-day urgent tasks and forget to come back again, or they get distracted by something else and move on to something different altogether. Now, the true procrastinator either has an inability to focus on what's important or they see all tasks as equally important and they may become fixated on one at the detriment of others, When those other tasks may actually be the ones they should be working on. Now, I find that procrastinators are really good at to-do lists, but they don't check them. So things get added, but they get ticked off very rarely. And as a result, things get pushed down that to-do list and then forgotten about or until they're so far down the list that they become irrelevant or an opportunity is missed or the time has simply gone past. So is this sounding familiar to anyone? It really is to me. I'd say I'm pretty much describing my default position here so I can see myself in just about all of these statements. So nobody wants to be the procrastinator. We all kind of inherently know that, don't we? Secretly, I think we all really want to be the action taker. So just what does that sound like? Well, an action taker is someone that strives to achieve their results at all costs, often by taking risks and they focus on their goal without delay. They plow headlong towards whatever goal it is that they've set for themselves, dash the consequences, ignore the timescales and priorities. This just needs to get done. Now, action takers have an inner drive or a burning passion to succeed in whatever goal they've set. They don't talk about it. They just get on and do it. No excuses, not for the action taker. Even setbacks don't get in their way. Their laser focus keeps them locked on their goal. You know, details, shmeetails. Now, they also typically have a hunger for knowledge. They're self-motivators, they don't see obstacles, and when they are reading or learning, they tend to only see or hear or listen to the bits that support what they're doing and not the bits that maybe they should stop and think about for a second. And it's those very traits of plowing on regardless, not seeing the obstacles and the lack of planning out the steps that makes an out-and-out action taker actually not the ideal way to be either. So it won't surprise you that like most things in life, a little bit of moderation is the key. You want to be mostly action taker, but with a healthy dash of procrastinator thrown in there too. So what about if rather than out and out procrastinator or die hard action taker, instead you aim for the much more realistic and far more desirable success maker? Now, before we carry on here, a good friend of mine and a friend of the show, Phil Jackson, pointed out very recently in a post that he thought he was struggling from procrastination and he was you know mentally kicking himself for it. But when he looked at it again, he actually realized that he was simply overwhelmed in his business. Now, he freely admits that his overwhelm was partly self-inflicted due to a bad hiring decision, but this is a really good point to raise. It's entirely possible that you've reached a point of overwhelm in your business too. And as a result of this, the day-to-day work that you have you have to get done really does fill all the available hours in your day. And that is why you're really struggling to get the more important but less urgent items done. However, this doesn't excuse you. If you take a long, hard look and realize that this is the case, that you've reached overwhelm, then your number one goal is to do whatever you can to claw back some time, even if it's just 30 minutes a day, to use that time for some long-term work and to hold that time as really sacred. You know, it might mean dropping a treatment. It might mean hiring a virtual assistant to return some of your calls and messages and stuff like that. It might even mean just hiring a cleaner to give you a couple of hours back a week. Now, if this sounds like you, then please, please go and listen to episode 44 of this podcast, which is all about ways to get your time back, even just a small amount of time and the various different practical ways to do it. Right. So, how do you move from procrastinator or action taker to success maker? Well, right at the top of the list is to plan with purpose. Now, you have to start with this because you can't get anywhere until you know where you're going. Now, that sounds so obvious as to be ridiculous, but it's 100% true. And we really do forget this so often in business. We get bogged down in the day to day work. So just think about this if you get in your car and you just start driving with no particular direction at all, then how on earth are you going to end up in the right place? And worse still, even if you drive around long enough and you accidentally happen to end up where you're meant to be, how will you even know that you've arrived? So you have to have a plan, but not just any old plan. It needs to be a plan that you believe in. And by that, I mean a plan that aligns with your values and your goals. It needs to be a plan that you understand why you want it and a plan that can be broken down into smaller bite sized measurable along the way stages. So, okay, just like the plan itself, let's break down that last statement so that you're really clear on what I'm saying. So first of all, a plan that you believe in, one that aligns with your values and goals. So here it needs to be something that you really, really want, not just something you think you should want because other people say so. Now, a lot of business owners think they need to grow. They think they need to make more money, work longer, work harder, because that's generally accepted what a business does but I've met plenty of business owners that are really happy as things are. They're happy with the money they earn right now. They're happy with the hours they work at the moment. And if that's the case, then their goal, when they believe in, should be to ensure that they maintain the situation as it is right now. So next, understanding your why. What do I mean here? Well, essentially here, don't just say you want to earn, say, $100,000 because it sounds like a nice sum of money to have. Is that what you actually want, what you actually need? It might be more, it might be less. Why think of just money or a car or a holiday or a thing you want to buy in the first place? Whenever you set a goal like this, your end point, your destination, if you will, ask yourself a number of times, why do I want this? Really ask yourself or get a friend to do it and really get to the root of why you've picked this as a goal. For example, I currently have a goal to earn a certain amount of money in 2019. But it isn't about the money itself. I'm not going to say exactly what the figure is, but I've arrived at the figure because I asked myself what I really, really wanted. And my answer, after asking myself a few times, was that I really want to be able to spend three to six months of the year, every year, in another country with my family. I want to be able to experience different cultures, different food, different traditions, and see the world. But most of all, I want to show my children that there's a huge world out there while it's, you know, still out there and to give my children the gift of languages and the understanding of different cultures. Now, the financial figure that I've set for myself is what I've worked out it will cost to achieve that goal on a regular basis. And actually in doing this, I've realized that it doesn't need to be one great big pile of money or a great big annual earnings number. Actually, it simply needs to be a much smaller monthly earnings number. So I figured out my why, I turned it into a goal that's measurable and achievable, and then I started to meet all the other criteria that I mentioned above, which is to break it down into smaller, more manageable, more measurable goals of a recurring, stable monthly earnings figure. And now all I need to do is take that monthly goal and break it down into what are called SMART goals. Now, I've mentioned this before, and don't worry, I'm not going to launch into a big project planning lesson, but SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Attainable, Realistic and Time-bound. Now, specific means that these are bite-sized, easily identifiable and completable tasks, not just one great big massive goal. Measurable means that either you can easily see how far you are along with a task, or you can simply tick it off when it's completed. Attainable and realistic are largely the same thing. Do you believe this task is doable? If not, you might need to break it down a bit more. You might need to seek some help, which could be another task and part of the overall project or goal itself, or you might need to rethink this altogether. And finally, time-bound means that you've committed to do it by a certain date. Now, this is key for the procrastinators of the world. Small tasks with deadlines that you can see actually become those immediate, urgent tasks that grab your attention. This is like personality hacking. If you operate best with a deadline, if you respond only to those urgent tasks, you know, the ones that turn red on your to-do list, or you feel some sort of pain or failure if you don't complete them on time, Then, this is a great way to make sure you actually get stuff done. Now, the key to making progress is to make all those smart tasks as small as possible. Ideally, really small tasks that you can complete within a day, but that all leads towards your larger goal. And then, on a daily basis, along with your day to day work, pick three tasks each day to complete. Set these at the beginning of the day, no more than three a day, and make sure you get them done. Do them first if at all possible. Then, at the end of the day, take a couple of minutes to review your day. And it's likely that the day-to-day tasks, the ones that just, you know, cause the day to fly by. And this is where one day just rolls into another and another, and you feel like you're not getting anywhere. But if you do those three tasks each day, then that's 15 to 21 tasks done each week, all of them moving you a step closer to your big goal all the time. Now, if you make this a daily habit, And to a certain extent, it doesn't matter which three tasks you pick so long as you've got them all broken down and written out in advance. And that's another key point. Don't procrastinate over which tasks you do on any given day. That's what got you in this situation. Pick three tasks and get them done. Now, if it helps, plan them all out at the beginning of the week so that you know what you're doing each day and where you're going to be by the end of the week. Now, I'm not sure if I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but when I am in my most focused, most productive periods, I actually use a journal system. Now, I use one called The Self Journal from a company called Best Self. Now, this has a couple of key elements to it that I found really transform my effectiveness. Now, the first of these is that each day you set three tasks for the day. I've already told you about this. You also then physically reiterate your goal. You write it down so that it really sticks in your head. Now, this can be your great big goal the one you're aiming for, or it can simply be the goal for this week. But it really helps to keep your mind on track. Now, next, it has an evening catch up where you tick off the tasks that you did that day. And also you write down things that you learned, things that went right and things that went wrong today. And finally, it also has weekly check-ins. Now, I didn't use this to start with, and I'll admit I fall out of the habit of doing this now and then. But this weekly check-in Really shows me that I'm making progress. And just like if you're trying to lose weight and you step on the scales after a tough week and you've lost your target weight, then it simply spurs you on to an even more successful week the next week ahead. So if you nail those small daily goals, they'll turn into bigger weekly progress. And then you'll start to see real results and real progress towards your great big goals before you know it. Now, I've already mentioned briefly setting the daily tasks in the morning. And this forms, for me, part of my morning routine. Now, these are very popular at the moment, people talking about morning routines. And I'm not going to claim that I do yoga, that I meditate or any of that. Although, actually, I have been making space recently for some kind of quiet time, which I guess you could call meditation. But it hasn't you know, made it onto my everyday daily routine yet. Anyway, my morning routine, as far as work goes, is pretty simple. I restate my goal in my self-journal. I state the three must-do tasks for the day. These ones are the non-negotiables. These are the ones that make me feel accomplished, even if they're the only things that I get done today. But equally, they must get done. Even if loads of distractions happen, you know, the urgent day-to-day work gets in the way, phone calls come in, clients call me with questions and needing help, even if it means I have to stay up late that night to get them done. Now, I'll actually let you in on a little secret. Finishing off writing this podcast episode was one of my non-negotiable tasks for today, which is why I've come back to work at 10.30 p.m., to get it finished or at least get the first draft written. Now, if you're curious to find out more about realistic and impactful morning routines and what other options you have, I've got a whole other podcast episode about it. It's episode 33 and it's called Nine Ways to Set You Up for the Perfect Day. So please feel free to go and check it out if you haven't already listened to that. Oh, and one other thing that's made it onto my morning routine that again, I left out to start with, but has become you know just as important as my three non-negotiables is to state a point of gratitude. Now, if you've listened to this podcast before, you know me by now. I'm not really into the woo-woo, new age, energy and crystal stuff. I've no problem with it if you are, but it isn't really for me. But, you know, slowly, maybe as I'm getting older, I'm bending to certain aspects of it. Now, I guess this would probably come under the heading of mindfulness. But as part of my morning routine now, I write down either one thing that I'm grateful for and three reasons why, or three smaller things that I'm grateful for that day. Why? Well, again, it's so easy to start off a workday feeling tired, feeling sluggish, and like it's just going to be just another day at work. Well, I have found that actually starting the day off, having thought of those things that I'm so lucky to have in my life, puts me in a whole different mind frame for the rest of the day. Most of the time, it's the same things. My health, my family, the fact I get to work where I want, start work when I want to, take the kids to school. But again, it causes me to acknowledge what I'm lucky for, what I'm grateful for, And it sets me up for a much more positive and productive day, which is especially important when I then check my email and I find that the first one I read is a client cancelling an appointment at the last minute. Now, I should say here that I am by no means professing to be perfect at this. This is definitely one of those do as I say, not so much as I do things, because the truth is I'm not perfect. Neither are you. And I don't do this every day. And even when I do, things happen. I maybe don't always get my three non-negotiable tasks done. But most days I do. I certainly always try to. So that when I then look back on most days, I feel positive. And even if you only get one of the three tasks done, that's still better than none. You're still making progress. That's still a measurable step towards your goal that you can give yourself some credit for. So while planning, while bite-sizing, while daily task setting and morning gratitude listing is great... I do urge you to try and do this, absolutely. But it's also important not to be too hard on yourself if you don't manage to do it every single day. You know, we're all humans, we're all fallible, so give yourself a bit of a break. But that's not an excuse to slip back into procrastination, okay? Now, the next step on your journey to becoming a success maker is to keep an eye on your work-life balance. Now, I know, I know, that's easier said than done, especially if you're just starting out. You know, you've got to give your business your all to get it off the ground. And sure, that is true to some extent. But remember that if you drive yourself into the ground, you won't actually be able to work at all. And, you know, then where will your business be? Now, a good friend of mine, an an extremely busy working mum who runs her own business, recently told me that she transformed her energy and her productivity by making one simple shift in her weekly planning. So rather than plan all her work, all her calls, meetings, tasks, appointments and treatments in the first place, and then trying to find spaces to go to the gym, take a walk, play with her daughter, read a book. She switched everything around. She planned in her own personal wellness time first and then everything else to fit around that. Now, she said she felt more relaxed, not only because she was getting that personal time, but she felt less stressed also because she knew that it was planned in and it wasn't going to have to be carved out of an already packed schedule or simply missed out completely. She also found she was getting more done and she was being more careful with her time because she was getting that precious time for herself away from work and not working. So while work is important, of course it is, plan a little time each day just for you to get some air, to go for a walk, to go to the gym, to unapologetically play with your kids, to cook a meal, to watch a film, to have a treatment, whatever it is, make it about you. Now, one of the key aspects of any success maker is the accumulation of new knowledge. We heard it about the action takers. Now, my own business coach has a phrase which he repeats over and over to me, and I'm sure to all of his students. What got you here won't get you there. Now, I'll be honest and admit to you, but don't tell my coach this, but this annoyed me for a bit. I thought it was just a platitude, just a thing to say that sounds cool. But over time, I've come to realize that what this means is that the knowledge that you have the skills that you have now, and the way that you work at the moment, that's what's got you to where you are right now. And if you want to seriously up your game, if you want to change, if you want to reach a new level in yourself or in your business, then you're going to need new skills. You're going to need a new way to work, a different outlook, a different mindset, and everything and the way to acquire this is to learn. Now, this form of self-investment, we'll call it, may take many forms. It might be that you take a course to learn a new skill, which might be treatment or service related, or it might be business related like marketing, social media, photography, accounting, something like that. But equally, and this is actually a favorite of mine, it could be without any specific purpose at all. Now, I like to read to increase my knowledge. And while sometimes the books that I read or listen to are directly related to work, so things on strategy, business analysis, marketing, advertising, goal setting, coaching, I also like to read books totally unrelated to work, or the beauty industry, or the spa industry, or anything that I do, because that's often where real, out-of-the-blue inspiration and new ideas come from. Now, I create quite a lot of content these days. We all do, really, as business owners. There's no getting away from social media, writing the occasional blog post, the occasional social media post, email, headline, or article. And there is that constant challenge to come up with something new to talk about, or a new angle, or a point of view. And well, if we're all consuming the same post, the same articles on Facebook, the same things on LinkedIn and in industry magazines, then we're only going to be regurgitating the same old stuff. Now, you can't read with the specific purpose of coming up with new ideas. They kind of just have to happen. But as an example, I'm currently reading a bit of a coffee table book called Great Thinkers. Now, it's ideal because it's the kind of book that you can pick up, read for a bit, then put back down again, forget about for a while, and then pick back up again later when you've got some time. And basically, it's a kind of Cliff Notes brief overview of the lives and works and ideas of the greatest thinkers of the past 3,000 years, from Plato right through to Elon Musk. Now, I've got several ideas from anything from small blog posts right through to whole podcast episodes from topics and ideas that have come to me whilst reading this book. I mean, where better to go for ideas than the greatest minds of all time? Oh, and that reminds me of another thing always have a place to store your ideas. You can do this anywhere, but I picked up a tip from another podcast a few years ago on this. Now, I use an app on my phone called Evernote. You've probably heard of it. It's a note-taking app. I like it, but you can use any note-taking app for this. Now, whenever an idea strikes me, I grab my phone, I open up Evernote, and I type QPI, and then a quick one-liner of my idea or any quick notes to explain it to myself later, or what gave me the idea in the first place. Just things to remind me. So why the QPI, I hear you ask? Well, the PI bit simply stands for post or podcast idea, as in it's an idea for a post or a podcast episode. Now, the Q is simply there because the letters QPI don't normally occur together in everyday language. Now, this way, when I next sit down to write something and I'm not immediately struck by sudden inspiration, rather than procrastinate, rather than go and grab a coffee, check my emails, get lost in Facebook for 20 minutes, and generally get distracted, I simply whip out my phone, I open up Evernote, and I do a quick search for the letters QPI. And then all my ideas pop up in a list, and I simply read through them to find one that's either topical or relevant, or one that just appeals to me, and bam, I work on that one. So self-investment, whatever form it takes, make sure you're scheduling in some time for this. Whether this is a few small time blocks in a week, or one great big time block every few months to take a course or something like that. But you should always be challenging yourself, always learning, always growing, if you want to grow your business and or your team or your influence. Now, finally, and this is a really important one that's linked to all of the things that I've previously talked about, you need to celebrate your milestones. Now, you can make huge leaps in your achievements and your productivity by following my advice here. But even with creating the small daily tasks and nailing them. Even with the daily gratitude, the self-investment, scheduling your time for yourself, it all becomes just part of your work unless you take the time to celebrate when you hit certain mini milestones along the way. And I mean anything, even something every week. Give yourselves a little treat, whether that be a special bottle of wine for doing your three daily tasks every day this week, booking a weekend away for hitting a goal of four weeks fully booked out into the future in your business, you know, a new pair of shoes or a new phone that you've been after for getting your team all to a certain level of retail conversion or, you know, a whole day for yourself in a luxurious bar. Doesn't really matter what the milestone is so long as it's measurable and definite and that it's taken a number of smaller, consistent steps to achieve it. And the reward can be as big or as little as you like, but make sure it corresponds to the size of your milestone so that you remember it. Now, these mini milestones and celebrating them will show you that you're making progress, but it will also allow you to really feel the achievements that you've made rather than just having ticked them off on a list. It slightly gamifies the whole process. It brings you that all important joy and hopefully it makes everything a bit more fun. So those are my key points. My best advice for quitting the procrastination problem and curbing that get out of my way action taker within you. Let me know what you think. Which one do you think you are more alike? Do you have any tips, any things that you've done to move you past procrastination and into productiveness? Now, I said a few weeks ago that I was going to bring back a feature of the show that seems to have, I don't know, gone missing down the back of the couch somewhere over the last few episodes, and that is highlighting a recent review from iTunes. So today's review comes from a UK-based iTunes listener called Heavoo. Now, Evu gives the podcast a hearty five stars. Thank you very much. And says, I'm new to this podcast business and now rarely listen to the radio. Having discovered this chap, I think she means me. Having discovered this chap last week, I'm now a keen listener and have implemented changes into my hair and beauty salon already. How to motivate your team and the cast that I've just listened to regarding simplifying your beauty menu have been absolute game changers for me. I'm now eagerly listening to everything you've produced and can't thank you enough. Easy delivery, not garbled or condescending. I'm truly grateful to you, Eve. Well, thank you so much, Eve. I'm glad that you not only took the time to find and listen to the podcast, but that you've actually put into place what I've been sharing. And that really is the key. I love you guys so much. I love that you listen to the show and I love that you enjoy it. But what gets me most excited is when I hear people making changes, taking action and seeing the results from it. So well done to you, Eve, and thank you for the review. Now, if you'd like to tell me how you found the episode, any results you've generated or questions you have, then let me know either in the show notes pages, which you can find at beautybusinesspodcast.com forward slash episode 54. And you can find all those links and the show notes and everything you need there too. Or you can leave me a rating and a review on iTunes. I'd really appreciate it. It helps other beauty business owners find the show and get the help they need. And you may just get your review read out on a future episode. So, you know, keep them clean, folks. Now, Coming up very soon on this very podcast, I'm going to be running a mini series all about retail products. I'm going to be aiming to cover all the aspects of this part of running a beauty business from how to create the perfect retail display, one that entices your clients to buy, through to how to help your clients and sell more all at the same time, and also tackling the ever present question of how to compete with the big online stores and the discount sites that are out there. Oh, And I've brought in some pretty big names in the beauty industry to help me with this one. So keep an eye or an ear out for that coming to you very, very soon. Now, in the meantime, have a great week. Make some time for you. Make those plans, break them down, and start making progress towards your goals. You can literally start today. So bye for now.